Hey y'all, so I will be doing some podcasts solo, some mini-series on lessons that I've learned since my brother's death. Why is the 38 Challenge so important to me? Why do I have any right talking to y'all, to talking to these warriors on vulnerability? That's kind of the reason behind this little mini-series. And the first lesson in today's lesson, and the most important one, is that life is precious. And we're doing this mini-series, we're doing this podcast in general because life is precious and because we need to work together to shatter the stigma so that suicide is never an option. Suicide is always a decision that you can make, but through vulnerability, I truly believe that is the only way that we can take that option off the table because the reason suicide happens, in my opinion, and I'm by no means a doctor, by no means an expert, but someone can be dealing with depression or CTE or PTSD or transition, whatever that dark place is in their life, mental disease or the the cancer of depression. If, if you don't have the vulnerability and the strength to tell someone about it and the feeling of of being comfortable expressing your emotions, expressing, hey, I am not okay, then you're going to battle with those deal- those feelings internally and those demons. And when those demons win inside of your mind, that's when somebody makes the decision to take their life. So by shattering the stigma, by working together, by having these very, very, very uncomfortable conversations, we can start to shatter the stigma together. And we can start to take that decision of suicide off of the table. So who was Matt? Who was Matt Brewer? And I think for me, this is awesome because this is a way for me to express vulnerability, for me to journal. Um, talking to myself in front of a camera is, is very weird and it might sound weird. Um, know that I'm very uncomfortable doing this. There's no part of me that thinks that this is natural in any way, talking about my brother, especially doing it for y'all in front of a camera. But who was who was Matt Brewer? Man, I think about Matt every single day. And I don't know, at some point I feel like I'm numb because of it. I don't know whether that's because of my emotions and just the way I deal with grief, or is it because I talk about him so often and I talk about him day in and day out and the man that he was but he wasn't perfect so who was Matt? Matt Brewer was my brother so he helped raise me we had a 10 10 year age gap and Matt was a protector I remember my mom telling me a story of when Matt found out that I was born he did the they found out during dinner and he just got down on the floor and started break dancing doing the worm breaking dishes because he was so excited that he had a a younger brother, somebody that he could help raise, somebody that he could protect. So Matt Brewer was a protector. When my mom would change my diaper on the counter, he would say, Mom, don't do that. If he falls, what you know, what happens if he falls? What happens if he if he gets injured? He had that mindset since he was a young child until the day that he died, Matt died a protector. He played football at the Naval Academy. Well, first he played football in high school, was an all-state wrestler, all-state football player, just an all-around phenomenal athlete. And the people that 
that knew Matt, knew him as vicious on the football field, but just a big, gentle teddy bear, a very caring man, soft-spoken, but incredibly caring off the battlefield. After high school, Matt decided to play football at the Naval Academy, and there he was a record-breaking linebacker, um, went to Naps, and then went on to the Naval Academy, um, where I think Matt was the most himself, was there on that football field, playing for someone and something that was bigger than himself, playing for this country. I think that's where I think that's where Matt might have been the happiest. But after his football career, um, he's been playing since he was seven. After his football career, he went into the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps, um, he went to officer infantry school and tried MARSOC, uh, went through MARSOC training, wasn't selected for MARSOC, but instead um, was the United Nations representative for special operations from the Marine Corps. So he did spec, spec ops um, for the UN and Mali, Africa. And after he got back uh, through veteran transition, I saw that Matt going through that process and I saw the discipline and the scheduling and a lot of that camaraderie that he had on the football field and on the battlefield stripped from him. And I saw how difficult that transition was on top of the other things he was battling mentally, like CTE and like PTSD. And all this goes to show in the moment, I had no idea. I had an idea that that he was that he wasn't himself, but the way that I grew up, as I told you, Matt raised me and Matt was my greatest role model, my my best friend, my brother. I got his dog tags tattooed on my back when he was alive next to a cross. I literally put him on such a high pedestal that it was next to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and that was, I think, a reason why he broke too. Because so many people viewed Matt as this warrior, this unbreakable man, this this guy who didn't really deal with feelings like the rest of us did. He just kind of toughed him out. That was the vision that people had of Matt, and I think that Matt had of himself. I remember one time we were talking about anxiety, and, and he was asking if he should get on medication. He was really, you know, pushy of the subject, like, eh, you know, I don't have anxiety. I don't deal with anxiety. That he would kind of laugh at the fact, not make fun of me at the fact, but kind of laugh off the fact that I that I deal with anxiety and was taking medication for it. And that was just the way that he saw that stigma because of how he was raised, because of his experiences on the football field and on the battlefield, and that just that culture of, hey, if, if you're dealing with something, suck it up, don't talk about it, because that's what men do. And that was, that was pretty much Matt in a nutshell and so a lesson that I've learned from from that tattoo on my back and I'm so glad that I have it now it means it means more now than it ever could have when he was alive but it showed to me that Matt was my biggest role model he was indeed somebody that everyone looked up to but he was human 
He was not a superhero. He was described as Captain America of the Marines, but he, like every other Marine, like every other special operator, like every other athlete, like every other business professional, he was human. And he dealt with the shit that humans deal with, that every human deals with, and that is internal battles. And so it's whether are you going to show vulnerability and are you going to talk about the problems that you're facing and can we dig deep destigmatize these conversations and can we put them into the light so that it's not awkward it can be awkward but it's not not talked about right like I did with Matt and the first lesson with this is life is precious life is so 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 very precious and this man this warrior who was seen as larger than life took his own life and it's hard to put into words just how precious life can be. Somebody just died. On this podcast, multiple people have died since I've been talking right now. You have no no idea when your last breath is. And that's where these lessons will take us. To prioritize your mental health. To prioritize your spirituality. To prioritize your friends. To prioritize your, your physical health. These are the things that we have to prioritize because you never know the last breath that you might take. And you never know when you might talk to someone again. So what makes me allowed to have these conversations? What, what gives me the right to talk to these warriors, to talk to these heroes, these combat veterans, these professional athletes on vulnerability? Well, I think the first point to note is that man I'm getting better too vulnerability is a muscle as we keep talking about as I will always talk about and I will never be an expert on vulnerability but I will try my very best to be as vulnerable as I possibly can be and the reason why I talk about it is because I want these warriors to tell the stories the to give their opportunity to have the opportunity that Matt never had and that opportunity is to ask them what has been the darkest moment of your life are you currently dealing with depression how did you get out of that depression how are you dealing with it now so that other people can hear these stories and know that they're not alone to know that these people who are looked up to as larger than life are not and that they are human and that they suffer just as much as the rest of us do and for myself, I've always dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with anxiety for a long time. I've dealt with depression. I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. And I dealt with the most traumatic experience of my life in losing my brother. And, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast, but I'll continue to tell the story. When about... Three months before Matt died, I was home for break, and me and Matt spent about every every waking moment together. We'd wake up at 6 in the morning. He'd drag me out of bed. He'd say, you know, let's go on a run. Cold, could be, you know, zero degrees outside, and we'd be out there layered up in a beanie, running, jogging together. He pushed me to be that better person. We would work together. We would do separate you know, we'd be in the same room working 
and then at the end of the day, we'd do our second workout together. We'd go back, we'd make food together. At night, we'd watch TV shows together, and I was felt very uncomfortable in a lot of these moments. I felt very uncomfortable because I knew that something was was wrong, but we never talked about it. There was always this anxiety that I got, this tension that I got being with him because I knew I didn't have the strength to have these conversations or ask him about it, and I knew he didn't either. Or maybe he did, but neither one of us wanted to kind of break that seal, that bond that we've always had of, hey, I'm your younger brother, you're my older brother. And I remember he would look at me and he would say, I'm sorry that I'm not the brother. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not the role model and the brother that you deserve. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm not these things and that I'm a loser. He would literally say that to me, and I would look at him. I said, "Man, what are you talking about? Like, I got your dog tag tattooed on my back. Like, you are a superhero to me." And I think, although it was good for him to hear, it just continued in his own mind to solidify the fact that hey I can't tell this I can't tell my little brother what I'm talking about fast forward to Valentine's Day seven days before or eight days before Matt took his life I was looking at my phone we had, we were texting a couple days before and said hey I'm going to call you on Valentine's Day we both said that when Valentine's Day came along I remember the exact moment of me looking at my phone, about to call him, but because I didn't want to have that uncomfortable feeling that I was mentioning, that feeling of anxiety, the feeling of, hey, I can't get to him, that we can't connect or talk about what's really going on, I never called him. And that would have been the last time that I spoke to Matt. And he took his life eight days later. And I got the call from my mom. And the shock and the trauma of that moment is something I'll never forget. And the reason why I talk about this and why I hope you all listen seriously to the lessons that I've learned is because that's a tough pill to swallow. I don't want anyone to have to swallow that pill. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't talk to their loved ones, to feel like it's so uncomfortable that it's better left unsaid because it's not better left unsaid. Because I would do anything to go back to that moment and to to pick up the phone and call my brother. And I don't I still struggle with, you know, the thoughts of Hey, what would have happened if if I called him? But I also know that that's not fair to me. So I I try to limit those thoughts as much as possible, and I kn- and I know that Matt was too far gone that no conversation would have done that. But at least it would have given me the it would have given me some more closure. So I promised myself that I will always have those conversations, no matter how uncomfortable it is. 
I will always pick up the phone. I will always make that call. And I think that y'all should too because you never know who needs it. And if you, you feel uncomfortable, just just ask and tell them. Say, hey, I don't know about you, but this feels pretty uncomfortable to me. Um, is everything all right with you? And don't just ask it to have them say, yeah, and then shrug your shoulders. No, okay, all right, all right. Say it with genuine meaning and and don't stop after, yeah, I'm okay. So why are you okay? Why are you not okay? Keep asking those conversations or keep asking those questions that will further the conversation because those conversations, those difficult conversations are the ones that will shatter the stigma. Those difficult combinations are the ones that that allow people to get the help that they need and the help that they deserve. So life is so, 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 so precious. I live in a house with eight dudes. Two of our brothers have died. One is in a wheelchair. Both two freak accidents, my brother committing suicide. And I can tell you that none of us saw it coming. I can I can tell you that in this world no one can see it coming. So this is the point of this series and me having these solo pods is to give my insight of what is important in this life. And the number one thing is God. And Matt had an amazing relationship with God. And prioritize your friends, prioritize your family, prioritize your yourself be selfish do things that make you happy because in this life you being happy is the only thing that matters and if you don't put yourself first then you can't help other people my brother didn't put us himself first and I feel honored and privileged to be able to share his story and to tell the lessons that I've learned from it and allow Matt to continue to be a protector because it's always been in God's plan for Matt to protect others. He's always been a selfless person. And now I have that responsibility of sharing his story to impact others. So the first lesson and the most important lesson is that life is so fragile. It is so precious. So make the most out of it. Chase your dreams. Take priority of your mental health. Do things that make you feel uncomfortable. Have those uncomfortable conversations. Make those uncomfortable com- those uncomfortable decisions because those are what will lead you to having a life that is meaningful and a life full of purpose. If your life gets taken from you, then at least you lived it the best way that you could.